In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Septuagesima marks the beginning of the pre-Lenten season of the church calendar, the time when we begin our journey with Christ to the cross and the resurrection. The signs of Christ in Epiphany Tide have revealed in their time the character of the kingdom that he has come to bring and into which he is calling us. It is full of renewal. It is full of healing, of communion, and a peace beyond understanding. But as the light of Christ has shone upon us, it has also revealed that we are not yet ready to receive the fullness of the life that he has come to bring. Our affections are too dispersed. Our attentions are too distracted. Our loyalties are too divided. To echo the Advent hymn, we have found that we cannot fitly meet him. As at Cana, we lack the resources for proper joy. And as with the leper, we have found, as he has drawn near, that within us all is not well. So Lent now comes as a gift of time and of opportunity, a season for our affections to be rekindled, our attentions regathered, our commitments reaffirmed. Now is the time when our wounds and weakness can be disclosed, revealed to the one whose will is to make us whole. For as much as it looms large in our liturgical imagination, the Lenten fast does not exist for its own sake. It is entirely preparatory, ordered to the end of enriching our experience of the feast that each day is coming closer. As an old proverb reminds us, we should begin with the end in mind, so that we know how best to prepare now. The pre-Lenten season that we enter today is one of reorientation to the end of abiding with Christ as he redeems us through his passion, as he raises us through his resurrection, as he seats us on high in his ascension and grants us fellowship with him and his Father through the Spirit. That noble destiny he has for us begins today, as it did at the outset of Advent, by shaking us awake to see the work at hand and the preparation necessary to enter into it. The two paradigms given to us this morning to prepare us for the work of Lent ahead are that of running a race and of that of laboring in a vineyard. St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, quote, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. End quote. This metaphor of a race is a call to radical focus, to aspire to eternal life in the kingdom with the tenacity we would have if there were but, were, if there were but one such prize to win. As with the Corinthians, St. Paul appeals to our general aptitude for comp competition over things that do not matter nearly as much. The rigor with which the Corinthians labored for class status 
familial reputation, political capital, is also how we labor tirelessly through 80-hour weeks to obtain that next promotion, that next pay raise, that next remodel, that next vacation, that next family milestone. Pre-Lent calls us to ask what it would be like if we treated the kingdom of God like one of these prizes we so readily seek. St. Paul calls his readers to see their salvation in Christ as being at least as real as those temporal goods. It is surely much more important, but even if eternal life were allowed to exist in the same real world and on the same plane as these other goods, would we not drop everything to go after it? And in going after it, would we not, as we do with those other things, reprioritize everything around the pursuit? The second paradigm for pre-Lent is that of the Lord's parable of laboring in the vineyard. The center of the parable is a set of questions between the master of the vineyard and the laborers who were hired at the 11th hour. Quote, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive, end quote. The hiring of the laborers throughout the day is the rising action of the story that breaks with the hiring of the remaining standers by in the marketplace. That the landowner negotiated with and hired workers early in the day is nothing unusual. That he hires more laborers to meet the needs of the work a bit later is again uncontroversial. But that he hires some when the work is all but over and offers them anything like a full day's wage, that is meant to shock our senses. That shock provokes the murmuring of those who labored all day. Their logic suggested that because they worked longer, they should receive more, and it is a logic we can find quite relatable. It was an apparent injustice to them that those who only worked for an hour were equally compensated. But the landowner fulfills his word to each person. He gives to each what is good and keeps his promise to all. What is revealed in the light of that kept promise is what is in the heart of each worker. It was once suggested to me that those hired early had forgotten the privilege afforded them of knowing at the outset from where the day's wage, the means of upholding their life, would come. In that privilege, they forgot the goodness of the landowner. By contrast, those hired late had labored all day under the burden of not knowing whether or if they would be able to provide for themselves or their loved ones and they were rescued at the last second from hunger and destitution, and this rescue became for them a source of gratitude. The early workers, in the end, succumbed to the evil eye of envy. They began well, focusing on their work and its promised reward, but they ended 
by cursing the master for the goodness he gave to others. Together, these paradigms of a race and a day's work lead us into our preparation for the Lenten fast. First, we are at this moment now called to labor of the, in the kingdom and for the kingdom. The feast of the resurrection ahead is the axis of meaning for all time, before and after. It is the good reward promised by the master after laboring in his service. Lent is the day of good work set out for us to walk in. The life we receive through it and at the end of it is more important than anything else that can be named. And it is time to let that be the central object of our attention. Like the laborers of the parable, if any of us are under the belief that we have not yet been hired, not yet been called into the significant work of service to God, now is the moment of that calling. We are now all officially called to get to the Lord's work. Second, we should be careful to avoid comparison, lest envy get the better of us and undermine Lent before it even begins. While the Lenten fast is a communal discipline we undertake simultaneously, it obtains in a unique way in each of our lives. Whether we have been walking with Christ for eight days or for 80 years, we all have a work to pursue in Lent. Lent is for all of us. To look at the Lent of another, however, has limited value. The Lord is doing for them, as in the parable, whatever is good. Don't worry if your Lenten preparation and plan for Lent does not look like someone else's. Very likely, what would be easy for you, and as such would be something that would not get to the very heart of where you most need wholeness and healing, that is not at all easy for someone else. The season of pre-Lent calls us to prayerfully discern with the Lord, and often with the aid of a spiritual director, what it is we most need in this season, and to pursue that thing, to not pursue a generic Lent. The call is to run your race to obtain the prize, so don't wait for it to look like something else. Third, and most importantly, remember that Easter is always the gift of God's goodness. The final Advent collect reminds us that we are, quote, sore let and hindered in the race that is set before us. As the parable reminds us today, though, we do not enter the good labor of the vineyard without a gracious invitation. All is grace. All is a gift. But we despise that gift if the offer of it does not move our hearts now to respond to it. And our hearts will always struggle to respond readily to that gift if they remain forever stuck in their distraction and complacency. Pre-Lent calls us to wake up from these things, to begin moving again, to shake off the rust, to break loose of the rigor mortis. 
Easter will come as a gift for us all. But it is a gift we should see as a prize worthy of all sacrifice to win. The days of Lent are limited, and the opportunity to labor in them will not last forever. We are each called in every season of the church's life to remember that ultimately the days of a season do end. Their time runs out. It is never too late to be called to work, but it is never too late to lose the race. May we run in such a way as to receive the prize. May we, at the last, stand before the master of the vineyard and receive our wages, and enter into the fullness of the master's joy as those who are not only called, but also chosen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.